Welcome. This is part one of a five-part episode where myself and Yvette discuss diversity beyond the obvious, the upcoming experience we're facilitating, and our personal and professional motivations for being involved. This conversation is not like other conversations. It's not perfectly polished and we're not looking to promote something from a perfectionist or knowledge base. What we're looking to do here is have a real conversation, tap into the humanity that is underpinning all diversity and inclusion practices and offer a little bit of ourselves so that people can have a sense of what it what this experience is really about. So this is part one. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you have time to listen to the other parts too. Let's go. So Sheila, um, it's been fascinating working together so so far with you on uh, diversity beyond the obvious. And uh, so it's great that we've agreed just to find out a little bit more um, about each other. So um, I've got a question for you. And the question is, why is this topic, diversity beyond the obvious, important for you to work with? Yeah, so, so there's, lo- there's loads of answers. Um, and the, the more that I learn about diversity and inclusion, the, the, more, the more reasons there is to do it. Um, I, I think the starting point for me is that I've always been a little bit on the edge. So I, I've been able to pass is the best way to say it in, in different groups. But I've always felt that that for different reasons, I'm dyslexic, uh, engaging with an education system. My family was a bit different growing up to other people's families. Um, and this sense of kind of understanding the norms, but not really meeting them. So I was in the beginning, I, I suppose, maybe I was a bit angry about it or a bit confused or misplaced. And then as time has gone on, I've got really curious because I'm seeing that actually some of the groups that I have a sense of belonging to, others feel really outside of. And when you start, when I started to look at systems and I started to look at the things I was learning and the groups I was in and the networks, I was like, there's something happening here where sometimes I'm, I'm in the in-group, I'm part of something, and other times I'm outside of something. So what's happening? So really it's curiosity um, that probably started as misplacement. And, and now it's a curiosity and a drive. I've worked with lots of people who are marginalized in many different ways, not just what's categorized legally um, as, as you know, discrimination. And I've kind of wondered, how can they feel like they matter? How can they feel like they belong? How do we show that to each other, even when we're different? So, so I suppose that's kind of a really broad answer about kind of where I'm coming from with it. And I know when we first met, um, we, were, we were coming at different angles as well. So it'd be interesting to hear kind of what your drive is behind it and, and your kind of attraction to working this way. Yeah, well, um, a, a very different answers about I never thought I had a voice around diversity. Um, until I went on the workshop that that we met on and really started to get these reactions around some of the material, some of the discussions. And so it's growing in importance. And in particular, I've started to really notice lots of well-meaning, privileged positions and intentions being set by different communities across the world in respect of diversity and yet there's very little action so so intentions don't move through to action and impact Mm. and it's starting to irritate me so I need to do something to try and help that that transition come across and like yourself 
the the beyond the obvious is is what I'm really curious about. It's really obvious that I'm a black woman. What's not obvious is what my thinking style might be. Or you know, we were talking earlier about I'm a, I'm a definite night bird, not an early bird. And and so what are the constructs that we put in our communities that that unconsciously might screen out a late bird like me because the job for some reason can only be done in the morning. So I'm really looking forward to um, engaging with different people to see what their views are on these things. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. And, and, I, and I, I love the, the idea about the voice on diversity because, you know, we are like, I agree that there are certain voices that, that, that are being pronounced and that are really out there. Um, and then there's a lot of tokenistic voices as well where it's it's trendy isn't it right now of it like it's trendy to to think this way or to to have these conversations but it's not so trendy to um be uncomfortable and to address it so like yeah there's loads in that um there's loads and to actually I'm quite intrigued by the fact that you're talking about the voice part so so actually it was I didn't know if I had a voice around diversity and then you're like I really have a voice (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scaring me at times but yeah <laughs> I love that thank you for listening to listen to part two which is a lead on from part one please just click the next episode